0: Eagles. who can forget again I'm looking at those up the side at the Derrick 30. Derek Brooks 30 touchdown Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is, the daggers in. We're gonna win the Super Bowl.
1: We call them the Salty Dogs. Jeff, give us an intro. Welcome to the Salty Dogs. <laughs> you were ready. I was. Tried to catch you off guard No, there. no, no. I'm always ready. That was Jeff Ryan. And I, I, yes. And, and I am Scott Smith. You are. And we are the salty the salty dogs. dogs. Yes, but you knew that.
2: They we're getting kind of mellow. You know, two wins in a row kind of mellows you out a little bit. We just
1: think we got the world at our feet. No? Hey,
2: I'm ready to roll. That's
1: it. It is a nice two game winning streak, and if we can win more, one more, we would be three and one for the first time since 2011. Really, it's been an elusive. It's been elusive trying to get a quick start. Some of these seasons, we've gotten caught a little fire, like in November. Uh huh. But we've always been clawing from behind you know it'd be nice to get sure. ahead. We're in first sure. place in the division. Um Atlanta it's going to be hard for them to overcome how they got to 0 and 3, I think. Might end wow. up being some changes there at some point. Scary, isn't it? Uh Carolina, 1 and 2. They're a team in transition. I don't think they're a real threat. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but I'm obviously less worried about them than the Saints. And and even the Saints seem to be showing some cracks.
2: The thing about the thing about Atlanta though is that you know, they're playing well until the fourth quarter, so if they can figure out how to get around the fourth
1: quarter, they're going to be a team to reckon with. Yeah, but I think some of that is has to do with they just don't really have their defense figured out yet, you know what I'm saying? I mean – yeah, it's been crazy the way they gave up all the points at the end, but they are giving up a lot of points.
2: It is kind of crazy though when you think about it—is that they play so well for three quarters or get a good lead, but then it it just fades. Kind of reminds me of a yeah. team that we that
1: we both know very well. <laughs> well, the, hey, this last game was a great example of getting a lead and then not letting them back in the game, right? Because of the way our defense is playing.
2: And and I know everybody's kind of cranked up about
1: you know, um, Antoine Winfield.
2: No, well, yeah, they are cranked up about him. There are a lot of things to be cranked up about. I'm talking about the uh, scoring that uh, um, the second half is nothing like the first half, but as long as you're having a good half and it's enough, then I'm going to take it for right now because I still believe it's just a work in progress. And, you know, it's kind of like last week, everybody was talking about um, tight ends not being involved. Well, there's no chatter of that this week. Right.
1: Yeah. It's a, such a small sample size that you can't go after two games go well. I guess there'll be no tight end involvement in this no. offense. Um Yeah. You know, we're probably averaging like a hundred yards less per game this year than we were last year. Really. But we're winning. I mean, last year, Jeff, we were. I think we averaged over four hundred yards a game, or yeah. right around four hundred. Yeah. It's 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 continues to emphasize a point that I know. A lot, I know the coaches always feel this way. They don't really like to hear about yardage rankings because right. they don't think they mean anything. But it doesn't change the fact that the NFL still puts out those rankings and. We still say, hey, we're first in off, or we're first and run defense or something like that. Right. But there is a, it, there really is not a hugely strong correlation between huge yardage totals and and scoring points necessarily. Look at the Chargers who are about to play. Mm-hmm. They are averaging 427 yards a game, and yet they're the fourth lowest scoring team in the league right now.
2: Good between the twenties, you know. We've been there.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say. I mean, yeah, you can get caught up with
2: stats and all of this, and I and I guess it's important to to know all of that. But I, I'll just look at it as, you know, what do you do with your opportunities? Are you are you maximizing your opportunities? And I think uh, against the Broncos, we did. We maxed uh, against our with our
1: opportunities. Yeah, it's true, and and we are um, eight of ten uh, touchdowns in the red zone mm-hmm. so far, which is extremely good, and uh, perfect eight of eight. On when we get to goal to go, that yeah. I find very impressive. Yes, yes. We, we have been, we have had eight drives where we've gotten goal to go and scored a touchdown on every one of them. That's yeah. not easy to do because it's not always first and goal at the one. And a great example was the first touchdown on Sunday because that was first and goal at the ten. Mm-hmm. Didn't get anything on first and second down, and then Godwin made that great play on mm-hmm. third down. Yeah, and so that's it's making plays like that is how you get to there. And, and look at that, Jeff. That's going to be a big big deal this weekend because the Buccaneers are at 80% right now in the red zone scoring touchdowns and 100% goal-to-go scoring to touchdowns near the top of the league in both. However, the Chargers' defense is at 22.2% red zone touchdown percentage, which is easily the best mm-hmm. in the league. Like, the league average is like 68%. And then uh, they are 0% allowing touchdowns on goal-to-go. Zero for three. So that's... Something our offense is very good at and something their defense is very good at, at least in the early part of the season. So keep an eye on that when the ball gets between the 19 and the goal line.
2: Right. Well, one of the things, too, that, that uh, we've managed to uh, – I hate to throw it out there because then it always bites you in the butt, but turnovers have, have not been killing us right now.
1: Yeah, a little bit in the first game. Yeah. Well,
2: That's what I'm saying. The first game, I think if you go back and look at the first game, you can attribute to – You often can. What, what, what happened in that yeah. game. And um, – but I think that, I don't know, it just, it, it, it's kind of, it's fun to watch. And I'm not really sure what the difference is between the first half and the second half, other than it doesn't look like they're clicking as well. And I don't know, you know, is that, I, I'm, I have no explanation for that. I'm trying to figure it out because it's, it's a it's a pattern. The first half, they play very well.
1: I think I know one part of it, and Mike Evans just alluded to it in his Zoom uh press conference today what's that well he noted that we were somebody asked him where they need to keep improving Mm -hmm. and he noted that in the denver game we were 50 percent of converting third downs on offense which is good by the way Mm -hmm. it was eight of 16 but he said it should have been about 80 percent and he meant that not that every you should always get 80 percent, but in that game sure the plays and the situations he thought they missed some opportunities and so If you stop, and I've I brought this stat up before, and I think I might have it written down here somewhere. Um, I brought it up last week, and it got even more stark. The Bucks' offense is converting on sixty point nine percent of third downs in the first half, and twenty three point five percent in the second half. If you if you put that up against the league, the rankings, it'd probably be first in the first half and last in the second half. So then, you can't. You're not continuing drives because you're failing on those third downs. And in this particular game, even though we did well on third downs, I think we had like four or five fourth and ones, threes, because we kept getting plays yeah. that almost made it. And that's what he's talking about.
2: And that's what kills you is almost. Uh, almost does not work. I mean, when we were a kid, we used to call it almost was uh, horseshoes and hand grenades, yeah. but I don't know if you can say that
1: anymore. And atomic bombs.
2: Yes, there you go. Um, speaking of, of, uh, of Mike Evans. Uh, best stat out of that game best stat ever you know what two yards two <laughs> touchdowns come on two receptions i'm I sure mean, he would have loved about 100 yards i, I, to go I know touchdowns. but but still and and uh i saw i don't know if you've ever seen it on usa today on mondays they have a uh they do 32 things i learned from the nfl i don't i
1: haven't seen that. oh yeah it's it's
2: the guy's a pretty good Right? does he do one per team he just takes 32 things that, and usually it is one per team. But he he got to this one about the Mike Evans, and he said somewhere Mike Allstott is laughing right now. <laughs> That's <laughs> was that, and I thought that was very clever.
1: That is funny because I on, on my various notes here, the things we could talk about, I have Evans and Allstott, not for that reason. Really, not for that reason. But I thought, you know, Mike Evans has already kind of cleared all the hurdles. We don't need to. We're not going to have any more. Mike broke the team's all-time record for this or that because he's already mm-hmm. broken them all. He's our all-time leader in every receiving category, not to mention single-season leader. So there's nothing left for him to break except the touchdowns because he is now second in in team history to the great Mike Allstott, who was Mr. Touchdown. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, that record seemed unassailable. But Mike got 71, and the other Mike is at 52 now. Mm. That sounds like about maybe sometime in 20, maybe late next year. Maybe. If he, if he gets stay, a lot of yep, them. Stay in it. Stay healthy. Yep. Maybe 2022. But I expect him to still be around. Mm-hmm. Sure.
2: No, absolutely. So that'll
1: be when, when Mike, when and if Mike Evans breaks Mike Allstott's record. And I would bet Mike will be the same way that Warren Sapp was last oh, year absolutely. about Shaq. He'll, he'll, he'll enjoy it. He'll be rooting him on. That's I, one. Of, that's going to be one of the big ones, right there. I I think anybody
2: that would be mad because their record was broken. I think that's just being selfish because you know it, it, you broke it and yeah. someone else. It's something to he attain. Has, to. You broke
1: it, somebody else's record. Yeah. It's not like anybody around here is ever going to forget about Mike Alston anymore. No, no, <laughs> no he doesn't no, have the record. No, anymore. no, no. He might be the most popular player in team history. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so two catches, two touchdowns, and. Um, in two yards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think that's a very common thing, Jeff? I I want to say yes, but but I don't think it. I, I think it. I I I don't think it really is. He's the only receiver to have ever done that. How about that? Two tight ends have done it, but the last one was in 1994, really? and the other one was in 1963. You might recognize Howard Cross as the tight end oh, yeah. in '94. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not like it's an accomplishment people are seeking out because they'd no, like to have more no, catches and no. receptions. No, but
2: but but I do like that play. I do like how quick it happens. The first one? hmm It's a great play. It just, it's it just like, you, it was over. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: you are allowed to actually, you can block, um, and it's not pass for, offensive pass interference if you're within a yard of the it, line of scrimmage. It, that helps that play work. Sure. Because what he does is he cuts behind another blocker who's blocking mm-hmm. and can block the guy that, he can block the guy that's trying to follow Mike. Right. And so I've seen that play work a lot. It, I mean, I haven't seen it called a lot, but when I've seen it. Sure it works and it helped the funny thing and mike alluded to it today is and and bruce had said earlier that mike didn't get a lot of action throughout the rest of the game because they were just bracketing him the whole game they were Mm -hmm. determined not to let mike evans beat them and that's why gronk and oj and chris and scotty and and three different running backs were all very involved but
2: that's the beauty about this offense right now it's not one that's the way it's supposed
1: to be Mm -hmm. that's what we've been talking about all offseason
2: which which um you know how when, when you can just key on one guy and shut it down.
1: You, know, you don't have you, much of an offense. You don't have much of an offense. And <laughs> you
2: see a lot of teams that, that they have that one guy, but other than that, they it's, don't.
1: It's hard to acquire a, a collection of talent like oh. we have right now on offense. And we may be without Chris Godwin and possibly even Scotty Miller. Mm. Neither of them practiced today. Yeah, I'd tell that. Um, I don't think Chris Godwin seems like a very likely proposition. I don't know. how Scotty may just be working through stuff like yeah. did last week. But um, wait, he did he
2: lay himself out? I, I thought a it was a, Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know he I, it, he planted his his face into the turf. I don't know if he you did. Saw. I thought yeah. he
1: fell on his back.
2: No, 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 no. The one where he didn't catch it. it oh, was, it was I incomplete. Thought you went the big one. he caught. Look, no, no, the incomplete pass on the sideline. It looked like he was gonna. Oh, okay. He, he should have caught it. And you go, oh, he should have caught it. And then he gets up and he's walking back to the huddle, and they're pulling, they're pulling sod right. out of That's his right.
1: helmet. Yeah, you say okay, yeah. the guy, the, the guy. Face plan. I do that remember that. was the classic yeah. classic one where the equipment manager was pulling the sod out of your I helmet. Mean,
2: <laughs> oh, okay, I'm going to give you that one that you didn't hang on to. It. Okay, <laughs> I, I'll let you off the hook.
1: You know, I didn't have actually finish my point about Evans, is okay. that they were double-teaming him the whole game, and then he said, but it was weird when they got down to the goal line, they didn't double-cover him, hmm. which you would think that's where you would really want to double-cover Mike Evans, but I guess you're, you're trying to stop the run because Pro- it's at the one-yard line, so you probably have eight guys in the box. Probably
2: from here on out he'll be double-covered. You know, well, I don't know people what people will be looking at film for a while. Yeah, but you
1: know, you know not everybody's as good at it. You know, wow, some things try and that's don't true. succeed. Or if it's if we're burning them elsewhere, they may have to get away from that mm-hmm. strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but he we won with Mike getting hundred yards, and we won with Mike getting two yards. Right. So it can be done. There's different ways to uh, skin a skin a cat. Skin a well, I didn't know if people would get mad about that. One. I well, I, I you know to I, skin a um, stuffed animal cat.
2: Yeah, I it. You don't really mean it. You just, it's.
1: I've never tried any single way to skin a cat. No, so I don't I, need multiple uh, ways to skin a cat. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with zero ways of skinning, skinning cats. cats. I don't I need wonder that information. Where that, I,
2: wonder where that, I, I wonder if that's because of. Um, don't they? Didn't they use. Uh, um, oh, this f- is going to be
1: great. I can't wait to hear uh, this.
2: Something on strings, you know, for instruments. Didn't they use. Cat? I don't know if skin? it was skin. I don't know. I don't know. You're going to have to There's Google There's plenty it. of.
1: A, I'm not going to Google. Well, that. I mean, I'm just Imagine saying. The images okay, you might but see. but
2: but why would especially not at work? Why would that. that come out? I as, don't know. You
1: you know. I've never heard of anybody making thing out of cat skin. So why would you need to skin a cat? I mean, there's all kinds of other animals. But why so. would you? Why would that? Why why would that even be a, a Plus, saying? If, you, if I don't know, I don't know. Hmm. And plus, if you found one way that worked to skin a cat, why would you need other ways to skin a yeah. cat? It's not like somebody's I'm, trying to
2: stop there you. There must have been a reason why that they... they. Hmm. It, it really is, it, it
1: may remain a mystery. It is really, really or bugging Or maybe me. you'll come back next week and we'll have the whole thing it's, figured out. It's really, really bugging You're not going to go looking it up on your phone right now, are you? Okay, I won't. You'll get distracted. I'll be talking to myself. No,
2: not at all. I told you that was not going to be happen- happening. Happening.
1: You know that was uh, Patrick O'Connor got the whole thing started with that block punt. Yes, he did. Um which was our first one since 2015, which I didn't realize it'd been that long cuz it seemed like we we went through stretches like from in the 2011 to 2013 range, we had like seven block punts.
2: Yeah, but when was the last time we had a the, the person who blocked the punt also recovered?
1: Actually, that's not that uncommon. I remember. Oh, I know but
2: when was it, when was it, do you do you know? I think okay. it was this
1: one. It was Jeremiah George, the linebacker from Clearwater. Okay. I think he also might have recovered that one. Yeah. I can remember, I think it was Adam Hayward blocking one and running it in Yes, he did, yes. Um, And it was also our first safety since 2016. So getting both of those in the same game starts to give you an idea of how this got so out of hand for the the Broncos. I
2: I always love it when, um, and I, and I, I love it for Shaq Barrett because he's such a good guy. And he was a guy that really didn't want to leave Denver because, you know, he went to school there and played there. He didn't want to
1: leave Denver for a while.
2: Yeah, He did at the end. Right. And then when he came here, he just fell in love with the place. Things worked out really well for him. (laughs) Then to go back and have a game like he did and then get defensive player of the week.
1: It helps when choosing those rewards when there's a nice storyline to go along with it. Well, it makes it much easier. Because as deserving as he was – I think a couple guys like Anton Winfield, as an example, made just as big of an impact in that game. Well, he could get Rookie of the Week, right? Uh, he could get Rookie of the Month. Okay. I think that comes out tomorrow, so okay. we'll see.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if he got it, though. I wouldn't he, either. He's
1: playing lights out. Yeah, and he's, he's filling up the stat line, which helps. He's got sacks. He's got passes defense. He's yeah, got tons of tackles. You
2: really you – really, um, he's a perfect example how you hone in that football is a mental game. Because he's a young guy, right? Mm-hmm. But he's there mentally. Oh, yeah. He, he's like a 50 or 100. He totally understands the game. And um, I think I think it just goes right back to it. You know, you know, your God-given talents get you in the league. Your brain keeps you in the I league. I can't believe how
1: good he is already. I know. It's scary. It's unbelievable. I've, I've, I'm already feeling like we got a, a huge steal in the second round. And no matter where they place him, he can play. To go from playing free safety and then up into the slot when Sean went down and, and the defense didn't miss a beat. That's yep. incredible. You didn't
2: even notice it was a
1: switch. He learned both of those jobs during training camp. So you think of a rookie here. We know, we've already not talked much about how of hard a training it is. camp. Yeah. We've um, already talked about how hard this year is. No preseason games, no off-season, abbreviated training camp, and then all of a sudden you're playing real games. And he has to learn two different jobs and he's good at both of them immediately. Unbelievable. you, can't, you could never have predicted that unless i guess if you really knew this kid i well it just goes to show you how
2: in depth the scouting department is and that they felt real strong about it i mean he comes from great pedigree i mean come on you know i mean his, his yeah. dad played 14 years and and it seems like you know he spent his childhood i mean he's only like 21 22 but i mean is you know 10 years ago he he was watching his dad yeah. prepare
1: to mm-hmm. play on Sundays. You work in this league long enough and you end up with some friends scattered around the league in other places or maybe mm-hmm. not, not in, in the NFL anymore, but they have a team they root for. And I've had several of those people say they, they really liked him and they were hoping their team would get him in oh, the draft. Wow. Um, after all this, I'm a little bit surprised that he wasn't taken in the first mm-hmm. round. And he wasn't the first safety taken either.
2: And you know what the best part about him is? He's just so down to earth. Oh, he's seems like He's not a jerk.
1: Well, I mean, from what we can tell, we've never met him.
2: <laughs> well, I know, but you I think can, you're right. But, but I, but, but listen, there's a lot of people I haven't met, but I got a good idea. But you're right. Until we actually personally meet him, that's true.
1: So, um, special teams also a winning edge in that game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Brian Suckup is his advertised. He's just he he makes the ones he should make. Yep. Just drills him right down yep. the middle. Uh, the punt coverage was good. The punt mm-hmm. there was actually some return yards in that game for the first time all year. Yes. Uh, so it was mostly good, other than the blocked extra point. And I'm only bringing that up because it's the only blemish really and I'm only bringing it up because I hate that play and I think it should be illegal. The one where they just jump well, over the it, line. Well,
2: it, it it's okay as long as he doesn't touch anybody. If he if he would have scraped somebody, he doesn't have to put his hands on anybody, but if if his foot would have hit some one, one of the linemen, I know that. So, I think it's a great play. I know the rule.
1: I know, but why I don't do you, think it should be legal. Why? Because if you're you're doing an action where if he doesn't clear him and he lands on him, it's, it's a penalty, right? Right. So you're doing something that they've obviously identified as something they don't want done because it, it can lead to injury by guys landing on on their backs. Right. You shouldn't even be trying that. And then they changed the rules so that the the snapper couldn't just be demolished. You can't you can't straight up block
2: mm. on the snapper. Mm-hmm.
1: You have to because they have to let him get it off and then get ready. So um, if you're already worried about the snapper for that reason. Now you're asking the snapper to get an arm up after he right. snaps the ball? Yeah. Because that's what Keith Armstrong said needed to happen. Somebody needed to get an arm up, and it either had to be him or the guy next to him. Because right. he kind of jumped in the seam between the center and the right guard, left guard. And uh, and, and yes, you, you can't touch anybody. You also can't take a running start. Nope. And uh, Keith Armstrong said they kind of got caught on that when They were fooled a little bit. They tried to identify who, who could possibly be the leaper, but this guy came and started with his hand in the dirt, so they thought he was just going to be another sure. guy. going to, And then he stood up and he leaped. Yeah. So, yes, Jeff, I agree. It was and a the, very nice athletic play. And, I just think it should be against the rules. And, and the
2: good news is that they only got to execute it one time successfully, and yeah. they had many opportunities no, to I'm do no, it. Yeah, so, I, mean, I don't think you would try
1: it every so, time.
2: So, so we made the adjustment or – or they didn't try it again. Or were they didn't try it again. Yes.
1: <laughs> okay. What else was really stood out about that game, Jeff? Uh, I'll tell you if you don't want to. Think what about else it. stood out of that
2: game? I don't know. What else? Stood Did out? you think that we were blitzing a lot? All the time, <laughs> and you couldn't tell where it was coming from. And you
1: were right. If you thought we were blitzing a lot in the game, you were right. Yeah. And I know Todd Bowles has a well-deserved reputation sure. for blitzing more than most defensive coordinators. He's also proven that he can do it successfully. What they had six sacks that game? Six sacks. But they don't do it every game. We no. only blitzed on 25% of the dropbacks against Carolina. And then in this last game, he blitzed on 60% of the dropbacks. Is that because of the looks they were getting and felt like they could get through? I would think it's probably has something to do with what quarterback they were facing. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's all based on the study of the other team. And, and maybe they didn't think that their offensive linemen were good at handling that kind of thing, you know? Um, or maybe it's just you don't want to you, you you don't want to show all your blitzes blitzes every week you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. uh, and he certainly has a lot of them, <clears throat> but it worked that's the thing yeah. if you're blitzing like crazy, and they're just throwing the ball and making big plays over the top, then you know it's not a good strategy. No, so it's hard to be a high blitzing team and also be this successful. It's, it's just I think it's the genius of Todd it's, Bowles. It's it's a it's a great chess match. So Todd Bowles, um loses the job as the head coach in the jets and comes down here and i mean he does a phenomenal job down here and you've seen what's happening in the jets so you know maybe that wasn't the right move but it sure worked out well for us
2: oh no question no yeah that the, the, yeah they may they may have a new head coach by uh, friday <laughs> Supposedly uh, it's could it's be ru- ru- rumor them. is he can't if he doesn't beat Denver, it's yeah. over. But you know, know how that's how just that, rumor. Yeah, I mean how, how does, do those
1: rumors start? I think writers just say it sometimes. They feel nah, the pressure building.
2: Sometimes and, I think sometimes I think organizations leak that information. Yeah, so then sure when it present. happens, it doesn't come out of left field.
1: That's a good point. Yeah,
2: you know, I mean that's just me thinking.
1: You know, those blitzes. Now you remember the Levante David interception? Uh huh. And there was chaos in the backfield and um and the ball went flying up. Is that your phone? It is, it's my wife, I'm sorry. Well, you can answer it. No, I'm not going to do that in the middle of the podcast. Um. So, and and you know where I got actually. The only reason I know what I'm about to say is that I. Um watched Rondé Barber's film session this week. Mm-hmm. And so did I. It, wasn't it great? Yeah, it was. It was very good. So at the end of it, if you do watch it, watch all the way in because he covers that play at the end. And he calls it Controlled Chaos. Yes. And as he breaks it down, you realize he's right that this is not a blitz. If a blitz is defined as bringing more than four players, this is not a blitz because we only brought four players. But it was like... Guys like Vita Veya and, and somebody else in the middle, maybe in Dominican, were dropping back into coverage. <laughs> and uh, Carlton Davis came off the left edge, I think Antoine Winfield off the right edge, and then it was Anthony Nelson and JPP. And Anthony Nelson got to him, and as you see the play, as, as the quarterback is being sacked, there are four – Broncos offensive linemen just standing there blocking nobody. <laughs> They're just—they've got nothing to do. I'm ready. It fooled them. It fooled them so badly that they didn't block. How bad? Did, four guys were not blocking anybody. How, how about that meeting? How would you like? I <laughs> wouldn't on want to watch that, that one. Particular Whoa! One. I'm sure the coaches have to take some blame for the, not preparing them.
2: Yeah, though. but the only blessing in that one is you're not the only guy standing there with your hands. up. You <laughs> yeah. know. Check behind you. See if there's a guy yeah. with a mask or yeah, something. Like Bob was doing it too. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just me oh my goodness that's that is something else that, that was true. awesome dude. yeah no I thought I thought um uh, i I think that I think the guys and you're hearing it when they talk about this defense how much fun they're ha you know when when a defense is working how much fun it is and it, yeah they are saying that a lot yeah and it goes back to the days when when uh, when Buck defense was a big big deal and around it, and here. it was fun and back it was then fun too. back yeah. then too so um and what i what i like is that not only is the defense clicking but we're also scoring points so you're just not relying on the defense to get you there however i think the defense twice has saved your game um at in the second half you know they they oh because they the did, offense wasn't doing anything yeah they did their jobs yeah, yeah they especially this game mm-hmm.
1: yeah that was good. they didn't score in the second half no no and i only i think the only reason it's funny because i guess the Broncos are going to go with Brett Ripon as their starter. They are. After he went 8 of 9, Yeah, uh, relieving the Jeff Driscoll. But Lighting I mean, it up. But, I mean, come on. It was the last drive, and we were just trying to make them use the entire clock, so they're just laying back and laying well, back. Well, I
2: think when you're 0-3 and, and you're not sold on, you know, he's not your starter anyway. Right. So, I think they like Drew Locke. Yeah, he's just not available. No, yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. It could so, be Blake
1: Bortles starting by week five. So you just
2: go with it. You know, you gotta cha- You got to change it up. you got to think of something. Yeah. You know, doesn't I mean, you don't have your number one guy, so you might as well try everybody. Yeah,
1: they, they yeah. yeah, it's they've had a ton of injuries, and oh, it's and it's, it's a shame. This is going to happen again this week, and I know you were worried about that last week. It being like one of these situations where you see all their injuries and mm-hmm. you think this should be a fairly easy one, but right. it doesn't seem to work out that way. It kind of did. Uh, the Chargers. They're they're having and and that's been happening for years now. I don't think any team has been more snakebitten by injuries in the last five years than that team. But
2: you just showed how many yards they're putting up. They're still playing. They, are. they play very very hard. They have, uh, I mean, their quarterback situation. No, it seems like whoever is getting in there is performing well. The the rookie looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think we'll probably get him. I don't oh, yeah. think
1: they've said yet, but I would.
2: I saw him during hard knocks. He's kind of an interesting guy. You yeah, know. I didn't he's, watch. He's him a slink. Yeah, he's. Uh, um. He slings it, See, right? He slings it, yeah. He, he, he man, he's got a good, you know, good throw, good arm. However, you know, when you sling it like that, the you, you opportunities. Yeah, I am just hoping we
1: confuse him if he is indeed back. There. I, I would, I would think, I, I would but think listen, they're sitting there back, there figuring it out. This team doesn't have Melvin Ingram, who's a Pro Bowl defensive end mm-hmm. to pair with Joey Bosa. Mm-hmm. They just lost Chris Harris, who's a very good corner, in one of their big off-season acquisitions to IR. And these guys may come back, but not by this weekend. Uh, there is another. Important defensive player that is on uh, IR for them now, but it's oh uh, Derwin James. He got yeah. he went on right before the season started. They, um, they're, their, their, uh, their center Mike Pouncey. He's on IR. Mm-hmm. Uh, their left guard that they traded for Trey Turner, who is a Pro Bowler from the Panthers. He has only played in one game and may not be able to play against us. Uh, their right tackle. I'm sorry, he's the right guard, Trey Turner. Their right tackle Brian Bulaga, who they signed after the. Packers let him go, mm-hmm. or didn't try to resign him. Uh, gave him thirty million dollars. He left the last game with a back injury, so he, he could possibly not be not available. Uh, Mike Williams, their number two receiver, he's out. They're they're hurting, mm-hmm. but they have Austin Eckler and they have Hunter Henry and they have Keenan Allen, so they still have enough weapons. But you kind of just hope you don't want any anybody to get injured, and you don't want to win because another team is plagued by injuries but you do hope since they do have those injuries that it does make something of a difference. Right.
2: Well, you know, as I as I watch across the league and see all the different injuries and there's a lot of soft tissue injuries going on and I think as much as the players hate it, I really think, you know, one or two preseason games is is yeah. something to really look at. I really do because you're you're just seeing stuff that you don't normally see, but then again, you know, I think also without the um, mini camps. So maybe it's not so much the preseason games. Maybe it's the mini camps and that, that time spent um, that they didn't have this year because of COVID.
1: Yeah, it you could know,
2: be. Because could now be. you're talking, you know, with, with trainers, with, with weight guys for a period of time, for a good solid period of time. You it's know?
1: funny, though, because you say that, the lack of preparation time and practices in preseason games – Make makes them more susceptible to injuries. But then last year when we had a rash of injuries at the end of the year, mm-hmm. Bruce Arian said it may have been because they were doing they had had too many reps in practice throughout the year. So is it too much work or not enough work that leads to soft tissue injuries? Mm. It's, you know, we're kind of saying competing things here. Sure. I just wonder sometimes if there's just nothing you can do about it. It's either going to happen to you or it's not. I mean, you can do all the sports science yeah, stuff. And you can true, strengthen true. all yeah. your, your muscles so that they support each other. Of course, but these guys do that. They mm-hmm. do. They work very, very hard right. to be in good shape. I mean, yeah. You can stay hydrated, obviously. That's a big deal.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if someone had a solution to it, they'd be billionaire, right? You just yeah, start, fix rub it, this, right. Rub this cream, this yeah. balm on well, your legs and you will never have a hand. Well, injury. there are some people who
1: kind of do that. <laughs> yeah. so. Let's not go down that road. <laughs> Okay, I won't. <laughs> um, Another thing about that game and it's an in, and I think this is partly because our run defense is so darn good yet again. But Denver was th- was 5 of 14 on third downs, which mm-hmm. was not good and it didn't help them. But they but s- 6 of those were for 11 or more yards and another 4 were for 7 or 10 yards. They didn't have a single third down try that was less than 7 yards until midway through the third quarter. And when you're constantly facing those long third downs, you're you're not going to do well cuz you you sometimes convert them. I mean, they converted that third and twenty, yeah, which sh- was the only reason they scored a touchdown in the whole game. If they didn't convert that third and twenty, they have no touchdowns. And, and
2: that was kind of a blown coverage, wasn't it? It looked
1: to me like yeah. Winfield slipped. Yeah, I don't know what he would have done if he didn't slip, but he was certainly on the ground near him when that guy yeah. got the ball. It's not good
2: when you're underground. It's hard to make. Not a, play. a coach, but I'm just
1: saying. <laughs> <laughs> so some of our guys were making plays as they hit the ground, like yeah. Scotty and yes. Levante.
2: Yes. Yes. Yep.
1: Good to see Levante get that pick. I was afraid he was going to keep running in the wrong direction. Uh, he almost <laughs> did. He got up yeah, and so started. Th- we were laughing about that. I'm yeah. pretty sure he he thought, "I I want to run like a big arc around. You know, I have to go back a little bit to get are around." You, are you? Sure? Are you pretty sure? I'm pretty sure, but I'm not 100 uh, uh, percent <laughs> sure. So at the time, I was I wasn't too upset that somebody tackled him. <laughs> I, yeah, I was just going to say they seemed like they were grabbing him. No, 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 <laughs> Don't how bad was <laughs> it?
2: One guy. <laughs> Didn't that happen years and years ago? Yeah, like wrong he, way so. Yeah, that's what yeah. so I was
1: going to say. And He was a fantastic Vikings player. Mm-hmm. I can't think of his name right now, but I think he's in the Hall of Fame. He Henderson? Is. Maybe. Jim, Tim, Tom, I Jim. I can't remember, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's a Hall of Famer, and <laughs> yet he's still known as Wrong Way <laughs> Henderson. If that's his name, I think it is. I like it. If <laughs> so it isn't. You do it once, it, you're never going to live it if down. If it isn't his name, it is now. <laughs> uh, you got anything else, Jeff? No, I don't. Shall we move on to the next segment? Sure. Let's do that.
0: All right, let's do the salty dogs.
1: And we're back here on the salty dogs podcast. When we're joined by a guest from the team. And this week, that's one of the stars of the week, the win in Denver outside or defensive lineman, Patrick O'Connor, uh, Patrick, you know, first of all, thank you for your time. I know it's a busy day on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me.
1: Um, you know where we have to start with that, that punt block, which is such a big play and, and a rare play. And Keith Armstrong described it to us, but it was awfully technical. I can't say I completely understood it. Rondé Barber said that looking at the film, it was clear to him that you guys were actually setting up a return and not a block. Is that right?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, with punts and punt returns, anything can happen. And I was just forcing a punt and then, you know, got let go. And then next thing you know, I blocked the pun. So yeah, like you said, they're rare, but you never know what can happen.
1: When you threw your arm out there, was it? Did you have a good feeling you were going to get it, or was it just a, just a, a hope and a prayer?
0: Hope and a prayer. <laughs> yeah, hope but not. O-
2: but not only did you block it, but you also fell on it and you picked it up, which is which is in itself. That's a double feat.
0: But yeah. You have- I no, I should have scored. I was a little <laughs> faster.
1: Yeah, it, you know, never...
0: no, it's all good. I mean, yeah, it's picking up the ball and scooping and scooping. It's uh, harder than it looks. You know, you got to slow yourself down. You still want to kick that thing. So, I mean, I took my time with it and tried doing as much as I could.
1: When I was uh, introducing you there a minute ago, I started to say outside linebacker. And I thought, I think he's listed as defensive lineman. And I actually can't remember which one are you listed. I know you're a versatile guy. you could probably play both of them, right?
0: Yeah, no, I'm listed as a defensive lineman, but, you know, I, I'm i um, what's the word, jack of all trades, so if they need me to play outside linebacker, you know, defensive line, I do whatever. So, but defensive lineman.
2: As you look back at that play, when you were flying home that night, were you thinking, gosh, I wish I would have done this, and then I would have been able to score? Did you, did you run it through your head at all?
0: No, I, I was... I was just so excited to uh, have a play like that. You know, you don't see a lot of those. And I just – I mean, yeah, I wish uh, I could have scored or something like that, but it is what it is, and I'm just appreciative of the moment I had.
2: I, I, know your te- I know your teammates were rooting for you to score.
0: But yeah, they were. You've uh... Vito, was, Vito was giving me a hard time, so.
2: <laughs> what did he say?
0: Shoot, you said – I should have scored. I mean, he's calling me slow and all that, you know, that BS. There's, there's,
2: there's no mercy in football. You make a great play. You put the team in a good position. Of course, somebody has got to be critical about it.
0: Oh yeah. There's always a heckler, you know, him, Levante, Levante was even worse than him.
1: (laughs) I thought Levante was a nice guy. No, Uh, no. Um, you guys are having – it seems like you're having a lot of fun and that everybody, especially on the defensive side, is a real tight-knit group. Has is, is this been a fun season so far?
0: Oh, yeah. It's been so fun. I mean, especially when uh, when we get to stop the run like that, you know, get get to work in pass rush. It's always, uh, it's always better that way. And just our group of guys, we're all close together, you know. We always get to have fun, especially at practice, and then lean to the game. You know, it's just been a great year so far.
2: You um, you spent some time on the practice squad and and the mindset you have to have to be on the practice squad. Can you talk a little bit about that? And you know, you said you're a jack of all trades, so you sound like a guy that you know keeps the nose to the grindstone. But walk us through a little bit about you know you're a week and being a practice squad player and and how you how you deal with all of that.
0: Yeah. My my uh my mindset with that was always to prepare like I was going to play on Sunday. So, I mean, as of like taking reps and everything, you may not take all the defensive reps, but you take mental reps with it. And so I always made sure that I was prepared, you know, whenever I had the opportunity to go in there and make the most of it. So I would say uh, from my, my point of view was always to prepare like I was playing on Sunday and so and kind of carried over.
1: I know you went to Eastern Michigan and uh, got drafted by the Lions, um, but you're a Chicago guy, right? Yep. Were you a Bears fan?
0: Uh, no, I was kind of – my dad was a Packers fan, so it was kind oh, of wow. weird. Wow. Yeah. My dad's a lunatic. I don't know what – <laughs> but, nah, it, it was kind of like I really didn't have a professional sports team, you know. Huh. I, was, um, I was a Michigan fan growing up. My uncle went to Michigan – so I would always follow them and then lean up the East there and being right down the road, it was kind of hard. But, you know, it is what it is.
1: So playing at Soldier Field in a, about 10 days or whatever isn't a special occasion for you?
0: No, nah, I mean, I played there in high school. But, oh, cool. it's just, yeah, it's just uh, at this point in my career, you know, it is what it is, you know, another place to play.
2: You know, you say you're a Chicago guy, but are you a Chicago city guy or are you a suburb guy?
0: Nah, I'm a city guy. We're not. We're not from the suburbs. We're not from Maple
2: Yeah, well, I guess I guess I shouldn't tell you that I grew up in Arlington Heights.
0: Oh yeah, see that's that's a little ways out.
1: Yeah. So he was a pretty boy, huh?
0: Nah, I mean I've had a bunch of buddies from out there. Name pretty boys. They just come from a little. A little more
2: money <laughs> yeah no that wasn't me we were on the we were on the the other side of Arlington Heights
0: uh no I'm just joshing with no you. I know
2: but you're but you're true it's that's very true there's a there's yeah. a there, there's a there's a um Arlington Park the horse track is there which is yeah
0: there. so there's a, there's a fine line between that
1: <laughs> so uh Jeff asked you about the mindset of being on the practice squad, and obviously you're on the active roster now and have been before, what's the mindset of being a good special teams player? Uh, because that obviously really helped you get on the practice squad, I mean, on the active roster this year.
0: I would say consistency. You know, don't uh, being consistent with everything you do, not having mental errors, just being able to, when a play presents itself, make the play. You know, it's uh, like special teams are so important. You know, we get to put... The defense in good positions, we get to put the offense in good positions, you know. And it's just being consistent when when our time's called, you know. That one play, every four or four or five plays, whatever it is, it makes the mo- It makes uh, the makes the most of the game, you know. So I would say consistency.
1: Well, special teams were a winning edge in that Denver game, and I, I know that uh, the Buccaneers expect that to be the case in a lot of weeks. So um, obviously your role on the team is very important. And those other guys, of course, special teamers. So good work.
2: Do you, uh, uh, Pat, do you, you talk to the other guys that, that uh, are on the practice squad? Do you let them know that, hey, you know, this is what you need to do or, or do you just kind of stick to, you know, kind of keep to yourself?
0: Yeah, no, I talked to Benny, uh, another defensive lineman we have, you know, it's uh, just work hard every day. You know, if, uh, especially if like, if he's going too hard or something or in the sense of like people are trying to tell him to slow down. And I always tell him, I mean, they don't pay your bills, you know? So you go, you go your, your speed, one speed always go as hard as you could. Don't mess up. Don't make mental errors. You know, if the coach wants you, wants you in the A gap, stay in the A gap, but go as hard as you could. So I'll, that's what I usually do. I usually talk to the D linemen and say that.
1: Sounds like good advice. Well, again, we know you have a busy day, uh, so we very much appreciate your time, especially on short notice, Pat. Um, uh, So good luck this weekend, and uh, thanks for joining us today.
0: I appreciate you all All for having me on. The Salty Dogs.
1: And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast for the last segment. My my second favorite segment. (laughs) We answer questions from fans. We got some good ones this week. Really? Yeah, and one of them is from... Australia. Really? And I think it's because we talked about Australia uh, last week and how much you've been there, and I'd uh, love to go there. That is... Um, Let me just do that one first. It's second okay. on the second page, but I'm going to get right All to it. right, that let's one. go down under. <laughs> hey, gents, love the podcast. Thank you. Uh, I'll thank tell you, you right now, his name is Elliot Lovejoy. So thank you, Elliot. I'm Be- a, before you ask that question, did
2: I tell you the story when I went to Australia and when it was in Sydney and went to the hotel and... As I was checking in.
1: This is all pre-COVID, obviously. Yes, this was last year. Okay.
2: And um, rolling my bag in, and I happened, it was um, the beginning of winter down there, and I had a, a buck pullover on with a little logo. This is starting to sound familiar. And and the, uh, I don't know, I, the bellboy, whatever they're called nowadays. Bellhop. Um, bellhop, whatever. Uh, he goes, oh, the Buccaneers. And I went, I kind of was like surprised, and and. Then he and then he goes, God, what's with all the turnovers <laughs> and and, and it, I'd laugh like you did and come to find out he loves NFL football. And what he does because he works and the time difference, um, he watches the games later. Okay. He and tapes them. He, well, no, I think you can get him on. You know how an NFL cast okay, or sure, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And so he watches the games. He stays away from all social media <laughs> and everything up until <laughs> yeah, then. Yeah, good luck with that. But it, it was just kind of interesting that you know their football is different than ours, but we're we're, we're gaining ground. So.
1: They used to have that Australian was football on TV every now and then. Mm-hmm. It was kinda of entertaining. Oh, it's it didn't really understand it. Every
2: game, every every time you turn a channel on, it was on. It was unbelievable. Oh, in yeah. in oh, Australia. Uh, everybody has a club. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was it's high like soccer, tense. Right? Yeah.
1: All right, back to the question from sure. Elliot. I'm a radio presenter in Australia. Oh, in the city, and See, I've not heard the phrase "radio presenter." I,
2: that is a very British English type thing. Does that mean they, he's, he's a, uh, he's, a he's, broadcaster? Yes, he is. He's a. presenter. He's like a Ronnie Lane or something. like sure, that? Sure, he's a presenter. Like you're a
1: presenter right now. Okay, I like it. It sounds good. Mm-hmm. I'm a radio presenter in Australia in a city called Cairns. I'm guessing. Oh yes, that is up where, um, if I'm not
2: mistaken, it's that, the home of the Great Barrier Reef. Yes, he and says I says that right. I here. went there and visited. That there. would be a yes. great place to go. I, and. So frustrating! Seas were like six feet the day we were supposed to go, and I've been. Is that high or low? That's high. You do not want to be on the sea Uh, on a small boat. That is that is not. You mean the waves were six feet? Yes, that is not a good time. I didn't
1: know if you meant like the entire. See, I just pushed my coffee right. accidentally. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> I didn't know if you meant the entire sea was only six feet. No, no, deep, which no. Which would no. be really weird. No,
2: is the wave uh, peak of the wave. It would make it a lot easier to find me. But yeah, that's a neat little town, or it's a city. I shouldn't say town. It's a
1: great city. I know there's a rainforest there that I went to too. But continue. Oh, well, see, he says it's the home of the Great Barrier Reef. Yes, love your insights each week and love the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. This team has a special feel about it. It's early, man. Yeah, I it's know. Early. No, I feel, but I we like, all feel that way. But it's I early. Like, I like how you're thinking, but continue. When we started two and o a couple of years ago, uh-huh. and it, that great win in New Orleans, did we were two and o, right?
2: When we were, we did win in New Orleans and beat Philadelphia. Yeah. We had Fitzmagic magic happening.
1: Yeah, and uh, we thought that was going to be a great season. <laughs> Although I, I will say this one definitely has a different feel, and it we does. have Tom Brady now. Yes, and a much, much, much better defense than we had two years ago. Yeah. Okay. Uh, even without the Brady moves, et cetera, they are the most tight-knit Bucks team I've watched in 15 years. I think that's the defense. Mm-hmm. Focusing on the secondary, do you think they're playing with a chip on their shoulders this year? They were written off by the, quote, experts before wow. the season started, which blows my mind considering how good they were towards the back end of last year. Keep up the great work, legends. Wow. Wow. Pouring it on thick there. Hopefully, we get a game in Australia one day. No kidding.
2: Oh, you do not know how awesome that would be. <laughs> you would not. You would. Oh, oh that would be fantastic. That would, That would. That is worth the flight.
1: Yeah. How long of a flight is it?
2: Uh, well, from L.A., it's like 15 hours.
1: You go the other way, though, I imagine. What do you mean?
2: No. You go from here. You go from here to L.A. over.
1: Oh, oh even if you're flying from Tampa, you yeah. go that way? Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't, go, if you don't a, go over the, like when we went to t- Japan, we well, actually kind of went over the globe. Yeah. Well, you kind, you
2: know, you you kind of you get to LA and then you kind of shoot over over Hawaii. Um, okay. Th- that that type of. thing. So how long of a flight? Uh, a in, collection of flights. Actually, in the air, it was 15 hours. That oh, a lot of. Time. That that was just from LA. That was just. From oh LA. boy. Yeah. But you it mean, was. I agree. It would be worth it. I t- totally. Cannot cannot say. Um, so I, I think, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a chip on their shoulders. I think it's just a bunch of young guys that are just kind of snickering and saying, we are, you know, we're beginning to understand this defense last year. You know, they were, they were coming together with it and now they're building on it and they added a couple new parts to it and it's meshing really nicely right now.
1: I agree that I don't think the chip on the shoulder is that big, but they are aware of what he, what Elliot's referencing here because. Mm -hmm. I don't think that everybody was saying the Bucks had the worst defense, but somebody, and I meant to look it up and I forgot. I wonder if I could find it quickly, but somebody on some website ranked all the secondaries and ranked the Bucks thirty second. Oh, they don't know what they're talking about. I mean that's that's, that's ridiculous. But yeah. they bring it up all the time. Well that's I've fun. heard several different guys in the Zoom calls say so, you know, they said we were the worst secondary in the league. Well, you know, one one did. Keep, I, I wish I knew which one it was. You but. can
2: you can keep saying that, and those kids are going to play. They're playing Lights Out. You know, real quick, a presenter. I wonder if that means mm-hmm. he does news more could than Could be. That's, than, that does sound music. that way. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Well, he could be presenting music, I, I
2: hope he I hope he replies back to us. Well, he, since I, you I said like that, I'm sure he will. Yeah, Elliot, I'd like to know.
1: Um, very interesting. So, um, yeah, so I think there's a bit of it. I think there's a bit of that. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I'll I, tell you what frustrates me, and, and I guess that's just what it is, period. When When people who don't follow the team consistently start doing rankings, and I know you have to do rankings because that's what people like to read, and it's
1: an opinion, and I get all of that, but – I mean, I think Elliot hits the nail on the head here. How can anybody, after watching them the last eight games, think they were the worst? Thank you. And they're young. They were that good, and they're young. They should be getting better. You can be as far away as Australia and notice that. So I found it. It was actually on NFL.com. Really? I I thought it would be something more obscure, and it was a writer named Cynthia Freeland, who I'm not saying anything derogatory about. I just don't know who that is. Maybe I should. I just don't. Do you? Have you heard that name before? No, That doesn't mean... I'm not. I don't mean that in a negative way. I no, just, I just I don't. I don't know there's what
2: that so is. there. There are so many people that flip around there. I,
1: I I don't have anything. Well, and then you take that secondary from last year and add in Antoine Winfield. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's just fair before the season to not know how much of an impact he would make. But right. he's like the last piece of the puzzle there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I
2: I I, <laughs> I you know watching the games, um, you do start to get a little excited about it. But then you keep thinking, well, they're young. You know, is how's are they going to be able to continue this i mean sure there's there's you reasons know. you can poke holes in it sure and
1: and and wonder but last
2: but i'll say this the front four helps the back oh for sure so but I, and and so i
1: think but th- they were still pretty good in new orleans without any pressure Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. only 160 passing yards for uh yeah drew breeze
2: but I, and i think also too is that um, as well, well we're going to know as the season goes on. You know, you're going to know as the season goes on.
1: I would be shocked if they're not if they don't remain good, barring injuries. I,
2: I, I, I concur. I concur.
1: Okay, we got three more questions. So okay, like, we better move on. Elliot, thank you for the question. And uh, looking forward orcs. to coming down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, me too. Now
2: I know. A, I know somebody there. I got a place to stay. Would, it sounds like yeah. I would specifically like I,
1: to go to Cairns. I, it's C A I R N S.
2: Yeah, it's it's not. Um, it's Kerns. It's Kerns. Okay. Yes.
1: You know that from experience, so that's. I
2: believe of, it is. I it, it's like in America we say Melbourne, and in Australia Melbourne they, they call it Melbourne. Mm-hmm.
1: No Melbourne, mm-hmm. no R,
2: no R. Well, then Melbourne. that's
1: what everybody should call it. If, well, if the people that live there call it that, that's I know. What but what says. happens
2: is, is when you're in Melbourne, you, you if you you know you say Melbourne, Melbourne, then you come here and you go Melbourne, and people look at you go, oh, I mean, and then you, you just know. say I'm smarter than you. I know <laughs> that's how it's actually pronounced.
1: Why don't you go over to Australia and figure it out for yourself? Yeah, but it, but it.
2: Yes, I I believe you the R's. Are, I believe the R's are silent.
1: Well, the R. You're saying the iron Kerns. Yeah. Unless you're saying it's kerns. Uh, well, Elliot has a couple reasons to write us again now, right? Yes. To clear us up on all the I list know
2: TV. is it doesn't. You don't say it the way it looks. Okay.
1: What? That's yeah. Okay. All right. We'll that's leave good. it at that. So, gotta remember, man. That was 15 months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, salty dogs. Hello. Uh, I'm a lifelong Buccaneers fan mm-hmm. and a long-time listener of the podcast. Thank you. What would that be? Are we in our third season? Yes, we okay, are. Okay, so you've been listening for three years. I'm very pleased with the new, and, and very was capitalized, with the new uniforms, they couldn't be more perfect. Yes. After seeing the uniform schedule, I was disappointed to see that we only wear red four times, but white nine times. Obviously, the new Peter uniforms have something to do with this, but I've always wanted to know how the uniform schedule is decided. Hopefully, you guys could help me understand why we are only wearing those beautiful red uniforms four times and won't see them until the season is halfway through. Also, what uniforms are your guys' favorites from the three current options and your favorite Bucks uniform of all time? Thank you, Salty Dogs, Anthony.
2: Well, it, it's all done back in April, Yeah, and it's pretty
1: much white. It's very hot here in that's September October. So you have to decide back in the spring what you're going to wear, and then that's uh, for each game mm. after the schedule comes out, not long after the schedule comes out. And then you obviously that's communicated to your opponents because what they wear is based on what you're wearing, and it doesn't change. You can't get to November and go, well, it's actually still hot, so let's right. wear white instead of red. You can't change it. Nope. So to be safe, to try to get the advantage of the of the white uniforms on a hot on hot days in Tampa, you you schedule. I, I mean, I think it's this has always been the case. I've been here 29 sure. years, and I, every every year always. we don't start wearing we wear the white jerseys until like at least November. Right. Uh, and it just keeps getting hotter later in the year, year by year. So, But there's no global warming, Jeff. Don't no. worry about that. No. Um, and then part of that then also – so you're choosing your own maybe four or five games to wear white. And then based on what your opponent chooses, you end up wearing white on the road sometimes. Sure. Like, uh, like if you go to Dallas, they're definitely wearing their – well, maybe Dallas is a bad example. They might wear white at home. I can't remember. But a lot of teams wear their colored jerseys at home because their fans like them, just like this fan clearly likes the red ones. Mm-hmm. I think – so that's what happens, and then he's right about three games. are We're using those puters the maximum three number of times. It was a cool look. They're, they're fantastic. It was a very cool look. And we look. figured the fans would like to see it as much as yeah. possible. Yeah, but I, I think it's like
2: anything else. I like all three uniforms. They're just it's just a different look, and and I think if you have the same look all the time, you kind of go. Uh, I,
1: I, I like the mix up. I like the, the Chargers. Chargers have like six different uniform oh, combinations, yeah. and yeah. they're fantastic. Yes. I absolutely love them. Yes. I'm, trying, we're wearing white. We're wearing white this weekend, mm-hmm. right? So they should be probably Are we be, white on white. I think so. Okay, and so they would be wearing dark color. Uh, yeah, hopefully though it's their powder blue ones. They have mm-hmm. one dark blue one, but they've basically de-emphasized the darker blue and and really emphasized the powder blue in like five of their six uniforms. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we get the powder blue ones, and then they have yellow pants now.
2: Oh yeah, it's pretty crazy. Looking. I do like that look. I I did see that. Yes, I think it's phenomenal. I I think that's that's the. Uh, you know, it's a little something for everybody. You know, but
1: <laughs> but I think but 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 last Sunday's look was that was for us. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was yeah, great. That was so that, that's the reason for that. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just trying to be smart about it. Mm-hmm. Wearing the reds. Sure. And if more teams were we we're one of the we're in the minority of team that wears white at home a lot, so you end up wearing white on the road. Yeah. All right. All right. That's Question good. number three. Question number three. Also about uniforms. Okay. Wow. Really? Old salty ones. The old with an E on it. That you know how you write uh, old? Oh, yeah. So I don't think he's trying to, to call us old. I think it's just that kind of ye old salty dogs uh-huh. kind of thing. Like Old Spice. I, I hope it's Todd Birchfield from Lake Panasofke. Oh, we, yeah. We've had a question from him sure. before. The, those pewter, fo- pewter uniforms really look sharp. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite Bucks uniform ever. Oh, we didn't answer that question, Never. so we can get to that now. Right. I really love the creamsicles, too, and was wondering if we were ever going to get to wear them in a throwback game.
2: Well, I think uh, eventually, if I think if, we will, if we, you know, it's the helmet it's thing. It's the helmet thing. Yeah, and and eventually we will. I I, I see that coming. I I kind of chuckle because everybody talks about the the um, you know creamsicles and how they love the creamsicles, and I can remember for so many years. Oh yeah. People would say that's why you're losing it's, if you change yeah. the uniform. And sure enough, in '96 was the last year the creamsicles. Right? Mm-hmm. And then 97 changed the uniforms. and went back, to the,
1: went back to the playoffs.
2: Who knew it was the uniform?
1: <laughs> I love it. You run across, every Buccaneer fan you run across mm-hmm. now claims that they oh. love the creamsicles. Sure. Would love us to go back to yeah. that. that. We were here for that. They, that they was not Hated true. it. Hated it. That was However, not However,
2: I do have a lot of, and it's, and it's uh, old retro um, creamsicle stuff. Really? I, I, even have the, I even have the old um, winter parka. Oh geez. I still have one of those. I have You have any of the Zubaz stuff? I do. You I do? still have the pants. <laughs> I do. I'll probably wear it for Halloween. Maybe I'll do that. Uh, um, Sam White Chera stuff. Yeah, yeah. The jagged, sure. The little jagged, jagged thing. I had those. Um one year I went as the last uh Buccaneer fan. I had those pants on with a buck shirt. It <laughs> was like years and years Well, and years we're finding ago.
1: out that there's a lot of buck fans that have been there since day one because the they're they're allowing fans in the stands, mm-hmm. and the first game this weekend is a soft opening, with um, and, and what they're doing there is they're priori- prioritizing prioritizing long term season ticket holders, and uh, and some of them go back to even before '76, and they're expecting a crowd of at least 10,000. Wow, which I, I don't it seems like that was, seems like a lot of people that have had tickets yeah. since '98, mm-hmm. but maybe that's true. Sure. Or, well, I, I I yeah. And then and then they if everything continues to go well. They're going to increase to 25% capacity going forward, which would be about 16,000 fans. Yeah. on all season ticket owners will get an opportunity to yeah, buy some.
2: Got to keep your fingers crossed because um, – because Yeah, we've had a bit of a glitch. Yeah, and it's it, – it, you know, the Tennessee Titans um, had a number of positive tests. And so that game is getting moved.
1: I know. And the question is, are they moving it one or two days or are they going to move it to like yeah. week seven? Oh, wow. They – because the, the Ravens and the Steelers play week seven and both have a bye in week eight.
2: That really throws it off. So you could move the wow.
1: Ravens-Steelers game to week eight and Ravens-Titans, I mean, Steelers-Titans to week seven. Yeah. That's a possibility. Or they may just move to, like, Tuesday to give Tennessee a chance to practice. But it doesn't sound like a fair setup between Tennessee and Pittsburgh. No, and
2: the fact that they
1: shut down the facility totally. Till Saturday, yeah, yeah. So that they can't it, practice. They can't convene somewhere else either. And, yeah, I mean...
2: It's a hard go. You know, I mean, it's just a hard go. I mean, everyone's getting tested and you're hoping for the best, but they don't know because they don't know if it happened when they were on the plane. I mean, you don't know where. You know, they're trying to figure it out.
1: It's good that Minnesota didn't. It's good that Minnes. I mean, yeah, Minnesota has had no positive tests because they just played a whole game with them.
2: Mm-hmm. I thought it was. I thought both those teams had positive tests. No, no
1: Minnesota has – is I think shutting down the facility for a couple days too to oh caution. just for caution oh but yeah. they have reported no positive tests since they returned. Yes. Um, we didn't still answer. What well, like what are our my favorites of the new group are definitely the pewter.
2: Yep, I'm there.
1: Uh, what's your favorite of all time? It's hard to choose one of these now since we've only played a few games. Well,
2: I I you know I as I look down I see the Super Bowl team the moment of victory and I'm looking down and I'm thinking you know. I, I have to kind of go with the uniform that uh, that we wore when we won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, that, that that was a great look. That was a great look. The only thing I didn't like about it, though, is when you sweat, you know, on the, on pants the pewter pants. Round.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. and I also thought they looked kind of, it was a little bit of a muddy look when you wore the pewter pants with the red shirt. And, yes, mm-hmm. you do. The red shirt is great. But the red with the white wasn't the best look. And the red with the pewter was the favorite look mm-hmm. of the owners uh, for obvious reasons, Um but it, it, I think now the new uniform, which goes back to being a lot like the Super Bowl uniform, but we're using a, the pewter that we've been using this time mm-hmm. in, the, in the previous uniforms. And I think they might look more pewter.
2: And I think the reason for that is because material has yes, changed. 100% and 100%. And that has really um, given more opportunity to yes. have different combinations sure. and better looks of a combination of when... It looks when you put it on dry and when you sweat yeah. through it.
1: I think it's quite possible that the new red with red jersey with pewter pants will end up being the best one because of, of what you just said. Um, and that's, again, I also meant to go back. Uh, we do think that we will have throwback games because the team specifically said that during the new uniform reveal mm-hmm. um, back in March or whenever it was, I think right. it was March, April, March or April, that we said in a and a Yes, we are looking forward to having throwback games at some point. Once, once It's basically once the NFL changes the rules so that we can do it, because as you said about the helmets, they're, 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 the obstacle is still the NFL rules on that. And right. when that rule is changed or altered, we will go back to doing throwback games. They said that specifically. So that's good, right? Sure. One more question. Let's make it fast. All right, quickly. Hey, uh, hey salty ones. Over 500 and in first place in the South, pinch me. Mm-hmm. Last week, Scott mentioned his favorite play was the flea flicker. It got me thinking of who coined the term, and it's funny because he did the same search that I did because it's the exact same thing I felt, found. It? I just didn't think it, it was worth bringing up. The play and its name are both credited to legendary University of Illinois coach Bob Zupke, who, who intended the phrase to evoke the quick flicking action of a dog getting rid of fleas. According to Coach Zupke, he introduced the flea flicker while coaching at Oak Park High School in 1910, mm. which I didn't even know they threw the ball forward in 1910. I didn't think it either. I thought it was a cloud of dust. I read a little bit more about this from the same, from one of these sources that's, that started out the same way, and I think they said the flea flicker originally was a different sort of play. It was like a pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that probably explains that. It would. So, Gills, from there, to which matchup do you think will be the most interesting to watch against the Chargers? And this is from Bobby Munster, who's in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlton Davis on Keenan Allen. That yeah. could be it because uh, – um, Carlton maybe they'll decide since Keenan Allen they don't have Mike Williams Mm -hmm. they throw to Austin Eckler a lot they throw to Hunter Henry a lot but other than Keenan Allen they really don't have an accomplished second receiver right now and Keenan Allen is tied for the league lead with 37 targets so he's like facing Michael Thomas in that they throw it to him constantly His, his average is only like 11 yards a catch on the nose actually but they throw it to him so much he's like Michael Thomas high volume right but Carlton just shut down Michael Thomas in week one. Mm. So you could, you could conceivably see coach Bowles deciding to take that same strategy, which he hasn't used Carlton on a specific receiver, the whole game in the last two. Right. But Keenan Allen seems to me a lot like Michael Thomas, his role in their two offenses. So I think that could be interesting. How about you?
2: I don't know much about the chargers to be honest with you. I really, really don't. I don't, I don't, um, be I, mean, I, saw, yourself up, boy. I know I, 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 I was watching them in, um, uh, in um on hard knocks and i was impressed i was impressed with their young with their young quarterback um but it just seemed like a team trying to find its identity you know trying to get it together and then with all these injuries they're kind of like you know and that's yeah, what it's hard to find your identity like, yeah and that's what changing. happened to and that's what happened to him last year too you know oh, they, I know they started to play well and then all of a sudden injuries and it seems like and you brought it up earlier that uh, that team always seems to be when they get on a roll they end up uh, having issues. I will say I, I I I liked it better when they were the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, and I know that they were it's the so hard not to say San Diego and I know they were the LA Chargers before they were the San Diego Chargers, yeah, but I still like you know the yeah. Yeah, San I, Diego Chargers. Yeah
1: they really should still be in San the Diego. The San
2: Diego Superchargers. <laughs> that's what they were called.
1: Wow. They were in the AFL. Mm-hmm. They weren't AFL. officially called that right? They were the well, they had a song Oh, okay. Yeah, they,
2: they were, you know.
1: All right, well, Jeff, if you don't know much about him. I them, really don't. They have the I'm, rookie, not, I'm not going to try to be You know about the rookie quarterback. They have a running back named Austin Eckler who um, basically took over from Melvin Gordon and mm-hmm. pushed him out, and uh, he's great at catching passes. So he's, he's going to be like playing against Christian McCaffrey in, in, a, in a bit. Uh, they have a, a very productive tight end whose only problem has been he's gotten injured a lot, Hunter Henry. Um, like I said, they they put some new resources into their offensive line because they've had a lot of trouble there in sure. recent years. But they're having injury problems there again. They have Joey Bosa, who's one of the best well, pass yeah, rushers. Yeah, you
2: know, Joey. I mean, it, it, you know
1: it, they are they don't and, have Melvin and, Ingram
2: and Joey got the big money this year. He he got that big big contract. Well
1: deserved. Mm-hmm. They're they 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 are new. They picked. They got two first round picks. They traded up to get Oklahoma's Kenneth Murray, so they have a new linebacker who's their leading tackler. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Chris Harris and Casey Hayward's a very good corner. So they had good corners, but Chris Harris is out.
2: Hmm.
1: So does that help you? It does. Thank you for educating they, me. They might be sneaky good. Mm-hmm. They might be because I, I know I said there's this disconnect between yards and points, but it does show that they can move the ball.
2: It's fun. It's funny because I haven't – I you know, they're an AFC team, so I don't really see – you know, we don't see them as often. And I really had not dived in. We're doing this on Wednesday, and I haven't really – I mean, usually – Thursday, Fridays is when I really read. Make, well, I just gave make, you a head start. Yeah, I make notes. I make notes for the broadcast of, of, of what's Their going on. Their kicker's
1: been very good for the last mm-hmm. three years. Mm-hmm. I, he's been pretty good, and he's good this year. So, Well, I hope they're not that good this Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I don't – like I said, we you, you don't root for injuries, but since no. that they already exist, you hope that it does make a difference. Yeah, well, I think that,
2: that you know – just go play, play your game. Don't worry about yeah. anybody else. I think right. that's the kind of team we need to be. And I mean, and you know, everyone's talking about, you know, get the wins now because we're coming up on a stretch. You know, Chicago people are saying Chicago's, uh, without really looking ahead, but we'll we'll do because, you know, in eight days we'll have played two games. Yeah, they're three and zero. Yeah, they got there in a weird I, way. And I was reading a lot of things like they're the worst three and O team oh, ever. And I always laugh at that. I go, they're three and I would
1: love to be a, yeah. what you consider a bad three. Yeah,
2: 0 when team. you get when you get into December, you're not thinking about how you got those wins. You are just well, happy you got them.
1: It's just like everybody said the Packers were the worst thirteen yeah, and three team ever yeah. been last year. It's, Look at them this year. They're great. They're very
2: good. They, they always were good. If but, you're 13 and three, you're good. But okay, so you just laid it out. So you really want to grab this game because you're on the road against Chicago. Then you're going to be home against Green Bay, and then you're Ugh. back on the road again against the Raiders okay, in, that's a tough in, one. in Vegas. So you've got a you've got a hard stretch, and I'm not saying that the Chargers are going to be a pushover. I'm just saying sure. you're at home.
1: Against a one-and-two team mm-hmm. with a rookie quarterback, probably.
2: They, they, and with a number of injuries. Right. So, all that being said, you want to grab this one because you got an uphill battle yeah. coming. Now, that now all that being said, you have to play the good teams sometimes. Yeah, so, exactly. so just play saying. them anytime.
1: Right? Yeah, I think so. I think we've covered it. I would just say yep. the one thing that I'm most interested to see in this game, and this is assuming that Herbert is starting, mm-hmm. is what Todd Bowles decides to do. Is he going to – do all these creative blitzes and a high volume of blitzes, like he did in Denver, yeah. to try to confuse the rookie? Sure. Or is he gonna, or is he gonna play more coverage and try to get at him with four guys up front? It'll be interesting to see. And I know he's maybe not, maybe every game plan is gonna be different.
2: And maybe he will do a combination of both.
1: Well, it's always a combination of both. Well, it's just go. what's the percentages? Like I said, well, you twenty five percent blitz in week two, sixty percent in week three. Well, you won't know the percentages until it's over. But as the game was going in Denver, you were th- you were sitting there going, man, we're blitzing on every play. Mm-hmm. So, we blitz on eight of nine dropbacks in the third quarter. <laughs> I mean, it's just basically every time they're dropping back, we're coming out. Well, them. when you're having success, I think yeah.
2: when you're at four sacks, you might as well, hey, let's just keep going.
1: And it also helps that you have guys that are demonstrably good blitzers. Mm. Antoine Winfield clearly is a Fast. very good blitzer. Devin White is a very good blitzer. Yes. So, you've got corners that can come. Jordan Whitehead had a, sa- had a sack mm. on a blitz. Yes. So, you've got corners that you feel good about blitzing. You've got linebackers you like to blitz. you got safeties you like to blitz.
2: Everybody likes to blitz. It's
1: it's gotta be hard for, for uh you know Todd Bowles to to hold back. Yeah, fighting over who's getting <laughs> the next sack. Okay.
2: All right. That was fun.
1: This is yeah, a good one. Good.
2: Very good. Okay. All right, anything else? No, that's it. All right. Since you did, thanks for listening.